Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah in Portland. And this is Dimity in Denver, just coming off a little Little Rock, rock in the Little Rock situation, right, Sarah? Yes, we are fresh off the first ever Another Mother Runner run and refresh retreat in Little Rock, and it was stupendous. I mean, I really think it surpassed our wildest dreams, wouldn't you say? It did. It did. It was, um, it's, it, I have to say, I can tell how great an experience is by how hard my crash is after. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, that, it was I, phenomenal. I have, I have crashed. I mean, I am, I napped. I got back Monday morning. I napped Monday afternoon. I napped Tuesday afternoon. Today's Wednesday. Um, I don't have time to nap because the kids have an early release, but in a good way. I mean, you know, I just, we just, we gave all of our energy to it and everybody in return gave all of their love and all of their best miles and all of their honesty and themselves. And it was just, I mean, that sounds like, you know, we were sitting in a sweat lodge or something, but it was just, everybody connected, everybody laughed, everybody ran really well. And if they couldn't run really well because of injury, they walked or they had a plan B and, um, and, and weren't bitter about it. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. it was just, yeah. I mean, I think that perhaps was what was best about it. I think, I think as we get a little time and perspective on it, our, our opinions change and, and that, that I think for me now it was how people connected and mm-hmm. how everyone related to each other. And there were, you know, I don't know, just everybody, um, interacted so well and, and just wasn't like clickish at all, or nobody didn't seem like anybody felt soloed out or, you know, left out of the fun. And it just was this kind of an amoeba of a group that just kind of kept reforming and, and shifting. And, and just, um, it was just really, really wonderful to be a part of and wonderful to kind of step back a little bit and see as well. Yeah. I mean, and one, I mean, we've had a private Facebook page going for this group and somebody put in like, well, I'm really bummed. I have no Facebook notifications. <laughs> that, <laughs> which is a joke because we've had like, you know, four, I mean, the, the page is just going off, especially on re-entry. And, um, and one that kind of got me was on um, this very, talented runner named Ariel who um she went out on our like our long run day with somebody who runs a sub three mile marathon mm-hmm. um I mean I'm sorry sub three hour marathon no. three hour yeah yes. Tia Stone uh, yeah so, Tia, so she goes out to run with Tia not knowing that Tia is in fact um you know a former collegiate runner and uh and Ariel like I don't know if she kept up the whole way but she was like you know I just did like 10 miles of tempo well anyway Ariel's post, you know, she said, you know, she used to be like the fat kid and being at the retreat made her feel like she was one of the cool kids and she was finally accepted. And, you know, there's no like cool kid vibe going on, but it's just so funny. Like you just never know what people are coming from. But the fact that like she came in and she felt like accepted and loved and exactly for the person that she is, um, which is, you know, a very talented runner, but she could have been, you know, we had Cheryl from San Francisco who was coming off of a shin injury and couldn't run. And so she, but I think she enjoyed it just as much. Um, so, well, and, and it was also so interesting because people did, they could, you know, highlight themselves in the light that they wanted, because I, I think about Julie, who was our Canadian runner there and that, I mean, just watching her and seeing her interact with people, I didn't get to talk to her within the first, you know, half hour or something of mingling. And I just thought, oh, she is just the live wire of this party. And she just seemed to be flitting and floating and talking to all these people and laughing. And I was like, oh, man, she is just, you know, the life of the party. And then when we were in the room all introducing ourselves, she said, I'm I'm really shy and introverted and I just hope that you all can, you know, kind of help me, you know, join in the fun and all this stuff. And later I was like, 
Julie, what was it? I mean, I, I didn't see you being shy and introverted at all. And she was just like, well, I just decided I was just going to put myself out there. I was like, wow, mission accomplished. That was fantastic. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I mean, Ariel, she was one of two women there who had lost more than a hundred pounds and oh that's right i've forgotten yes oh right exactly you know and so um yes i got to run with ariel on the on the first morning and and so i asked her a little bit more about that so yeah she and she still goes to weight watchers meetings and still counts her points and um so that yes so it was just it was so great and just people from all over the country and and our australian rachel so um she and julie really made an international retreat which was very exciting for us and um, it was it was really great, and we just had stupendous food and meals and so much fun. You're, Dim, I really have to applaud you for having the idea to have a, a party game on Saturday night at our dinner, and and uh, that it was the you, that you before you really knew people, you split them up into groups, probably about six or seven women, and that they you gave them topics like taper madness or final miles of the race, and that they had to make up a song to to that topic to address that topic and oh my goodness like talk about seeing personalities come out that you didn't know were hidden there i mean that was just hilarious it was 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 so much fun and then the the uh, staffers um except for you got to be the 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 judges like on the voice or or you know america's got talent type thing and oh my goodness i was sitting next to sage roundtree the yogini and we were just laughing our heads off at those things it just each each one more each one more creative and outlandish than the last one i know well that's the thing was like when we when we when i sent them off with their assignment they all kind of groaned and then and we were at we were at this um brewery called the diamond beer brewery so you know we had a little bit of you know social lubrication (laughs) with their great beers and we had uh, a good dinner and um and uh, so, you know, within like two or three minutes, like someone already came back, to, they're like, can we have choreography, you know, and like, <laughs> um, and does everyone have to sing? And all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden it turned into like, oh, really? To, oh my gosh, this is really fun. Yeah. So oh, that, um, was, that was super Yeah, nice. they, they did a great job. They did a great job. Yeah. And that was, I, I, uh, I just, I, I love doing that just because it's impromptu and, but every, and everyone has to participate. But, you know, at that point, everyone knew each other really well. So it wasn't like. Oh, yeah. You know. And th- but they were just breakout stars. I mean, people that, you know, I would not have put to be the lead singer or the, you know, the total <laughs> awesome choreographer. I mean, there was Lisa Kirker. They were um, doing that. They were, the, I guess their topic was sort of like having to go to the bathroom during a race. Pe- or, peeing on the, peeing pe- on the trail. Peeing on the trail. And so they're doing it to shake it off. And there she is. And they turn around and there's Lisa sticking out her moneymaker and just totally shaking <laughs> it. And I was like, oh yeah. So. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Well, it was funny because, uh, the bartenders at the they're like oh my gosh we love this all chick party and they said something about like you can leave the i don't know testosterone behind or something but there's just a different vibe in that and that permeated the whole weekend and mm-hmm. um we'll have a full show about the retreat um including like comments from people that were there and talking about different tips and things that we got there um we're going to do that next month right Sarah yes that'll we're going to uh, I think record that on like the anniversary of um the start of the retreat so due to, due to a little technical difficulty we had after rec- trying to record a podcast actually in Little Rock with just us so I think this is going to be a whole lot better but for, yeah, for well, ne- I left. Go ahead, sorry, sorry. Oh no, no, no! I was just going to segue to our guest that it was that, that it was a big, big weekend all around. We had our retreat, and it was Boston Marathon. Yes, it was. I gotta say, like I like 
I, I, I didn't really have a lot of energy for the Boston Marathon come Monday. I was like, usually I'd like to watch, well, we were traveling home, so I couldn't watch it. But um, but I just was just like, Bethany, who Meyer, who we're about to have on, She, we, we, I was texting with her a little bit before on Sunday and stuff, and she's all nervous. And I'm just like, oh, better her than me. <laughs> just better her than me. You know? Yeah. You have been in the push rim category. You have been exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> would have been the wagon category. Who's going to who's gonna cheer me? Yeah. Or the T category. Yeah. Which, which line of the T can I ride all the way from exactly. Washington into Boston? So, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors and then we'll be back with bethany meyer who's going to tell us all about running the boston marathon so welcome back bethany meyer boston marathon runner thank you i also just realized that bethany meyer boston marathon you know got some little alliteration going on lots of not even alliteration bms lots of bms going on lots of bms going on which is fitting (laughs) so good 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 so we are recording this less than 48 after 48 hours after you completed the boston marathon How, how are you feeling bethany uh my my feet are a wreck and my quads feel like they could snap in half but the rest of me feels amazing (laughs) amazing how's that how's that that lowering to the toilet feeling going oh it's accompanied by a groan every time and Uh it's like like a thud you know i just (laughs) boom every toilet please god let it be there right i'm gonna lower myself and i'm putting my faith in the universe that right right exactly will be there Yes. Awesome. Awesome. And well, so, um, so let's take the short version first. Um, first of all, because, you know, we are all, all inquisitive minds, we'd love to know your mm-hmm. finishing time. Um, and then just a quick synopsis of the race, and then we'll dive in for more specifics. So okay. if you had to give an elevator pitch of your BM experience, what would it be? Um, okay. My finishing time was 4.38 and something. Um, of course, my watch said that i did a little bit farther than the distance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so I was four thirty eight and something and I stopped once to, to pee at mile 19. Um, my elevator pitch is, it was amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, uh, when I started, I had my headphones in because, um, it was really, really raining and I felt like, uh, oh man, you know, this is, this is going to be tough. And, um, I'm sorry, I have to apologize to Alex, but it was day two of my period. So, um, <laughs> Alex, our producer, our yes, male, yes, male producer, the producer yes. who's listening. Yeah. It was day two of my period. So I was like, oh, of all days, it felt like a comedy of errors almost. So rain really, really picked up as soon as I got off the bus and started to walk to the start. And, um, so I started with the music and then wound up just pulling the headphones out maybe 10 or 11 miles in because I didn't feel connected at all to the course mm-hmm. or to the people around me and the crowds. And after that, it was absolutely amazing. A- absolutely amazing. Um, I think there's definitely a huge difference. I had trained only up to 16 miles. So <laughs> there's a big difference between 16 and 26 point <laughs> two. There is? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but, uh, I think that I was great physically until I hit 22 miles 
And then between 22 and 26, it was just my will that got me through. That was it. That was it. Wow. Wow. So that's my elevator. There you go. Okay. Well, so, um, and so just remind people the reason why you, you, your longest run was 16, which is not something we recommend, but I have also gone that road once and it, I wouldn't recommend it either, but you had a little bout with plantar fasciitis, right? So right. you had to kind of modify your training plan. Right. So we, I lost two long runs, um, just resting my foot a little bit. And then my coach Dante had decided to take my long runs and sort of split them in two and do back-to-backs. So the weekend that I did um, the 16, which was actually Easter Sunday, which was an amazing training run, I, I wound up doing uh, seven the day before. So I really did uh, 23 all weekend. Um, and I felt like, oh, that's great. That'll help me. And then when I did in the race, got to 22, I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> I can't believe I never did those long runs. But my goal was to get there in one piece. And I got there in one piece. I got there, uh, nothing hurt. I, my, my shin had been a little bit wonky um, towards the end of training. And I, I think that I probably had a shin splint on my right side. Uh, but I wore the calf sleeve, which helped me tremendously, mm-hmm. tremendously. So I wore that on my right side for the race zero issues did you wear just one i everybody looked at me funny i think like other runners were like oh yeah yeah, just the one yeah yeah (laughs) just the one just the one yeah cute cute you're all you always were you always knew how to make a fashion statement so that's right even even when you're in boston so so how'd you feel in the days leading up to the race then um i was trying not to let my nerves get the best of me. I don't know. Do you girls still get like that before races? Like the adrenaline, the, the butterflies and, and, and all that nervousness. Oh yeah. Stuff. yeah. Part- particularly That's... longer. I mean, a marathon, of course. Right. Yeah. Even like a long run. Sometimes you feel like, Oh my gosh, I'm nervous about the long run. I'm nervous. I don't even sleep well the night before a long run. So I was trying to compartmentalize that as much as possible because I knew I was going to have to save my energy for marathon day. So I stayed with a girlfriend who was also running. She lives up there in Braintree and that helped because we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years and we got to do the expo together and we got to visit. I got to visit her family and it was great to reconnect with them. And, and so it felt like, um, because I was up there by myself without my husband and my kids, cause David wound up staying home with the kids. Um, it felt like a girl's weekend. I was like, oh, maybe if I just, in my mind, act like I'm going away for a girl's weekend and I visit with my girlfriend and then I just run this race. And then my other girlfriends were coming up to support me and I'm going to get to visit with them afterwards. In my mind, I can trick myself into thinking like, oh, girl's weekend. So that worked. It worked. Well, and I think also too, I mean, I have not been to the Boston Marathon before, but I know that when I am nervous before a race, you know, being around the expo is important and soaking up the energy of it, but then also removing yourself from it, you know, and not just completely freaking yourself out. I mean, there's something to be said for staying off campus, so to speak, (laughs) you know, when you're at a race, just because then you're not encountering all runners in the hallway of your hotel and riding elevators with them and sizing them up and talking Mm -hmm. about the race. And, you know, I mean, and that's, that's a, you know, that's a good energy to feed into sometimes, but sometimes it can feel a little oh, overwhelming. I have to say it was so intimidating when I went and ran Boston in 2012 and I got to stay in the host hotel because of, um, work reasons. And, um, 
I just remember standing, waiting for the elevator, surrounded by these people who were tiny, you know, these, oh. and just like, you know, 5% body fat. And I'm standing there in all my 5'11", you know, 165-ness. Right. And I'm like, I just wanted to wear a shirt that said, I qualified, even though I yes. don't, totally don't look for it. Like, I belong here. And right. it was, yeah, it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. They're all yeah. purebreds there. <laughs> yeah. All hollowed out their cheeks and mm-hmm. they all, everybody has the eye of the tiger. And yeah, I'm like, I'm just happy to be here and I'm glad that my shin doesn't hurt. So I'm going to get got, my bib and get out. Yeah. I got my one calf sleeve. I'm kind of a mutt, but yes. and I'm happy. I, I'm eating yeah. some yogurt and I'm happy. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Well, so, um, so the bus ride, it sounds like to me that you got a ride with a friend. Was it, was it your yes. friend that was running? So yeah. that was kind of a good coup, right? It was awesome, particularly because of the weather. Um, so we'll also too, just back to the expo really quickly. We went to the expo and we walked in and we've been hydrating, hydrating. So she, we said, let's get, let's go to the bathroom real quick before we get our bibs. So we go to the bathroom. Boom, I get my period. So <laughs> oh. I'm like, All right. Wait, it wasn't unexpected though. I thought you sort of had indicated that you knew it was coming. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it was going to be day four. No, no, no. It was going to be day two. Like the worst (laughs) of all the days, the mother load day. So I'm like, Oh, I say, all right. So, and I walked out and I announced to everybody in the bathroom, just so you know, it's going to be day two tomorrow. And they were like, no, Oh no, I'm so sorry. Um, so, so, so I was like, Oh, but then, um, then I actually met with the Stonyfield group for like a lunchy brunch, which was really fun and so nice to, to get to meet them in person. Um, a lot of like nervous faces and we were all just, just happy to be there. And, uh, so I, I actually slept not too, not too poorly on the night before the marathon. Mm. And, um, my friend Ann and I wound up getting up at like four thirty. I drove immediately to Dunkin' Donuts, which is because <laughs> it's Boston. And, uh, uh-huh. Yes, because it's Boston, and because that's my favorite. So I drove, got myself a large coffee, um, came back, and we were fortunate because she's a member of the Colonial Roadrunners Club up there. So they had a private bus that was going to take us to that everybody paid for, but it was taking us to a private parking lot, maybe like a quarter of a mile from Athletes Village. And we had probably 50 porta potties there. Um, and there were other buses in our parking lot as well, but, um, so there were no lines for the porta potties and we could bring bags on the buses and all of the athletes who took the BAA buses weren't allowed to bring bags. So I had, I had Harry Potter book with me because I wanted to just try to distance myself from all the, um, the buzz, the competitive humming, um, I had like a full breakfast. Um, I had glide, I had Gatorade and I had all of my goos with me. I had everything with me. So, um, it started raining pretty soon after we pulled up. So to be able to sit on the bus then until it was my time to go to walk to the start was enormous, enormous because athletes village was just packed and not everybody was able to fit under the tent. Uh, so people were standing in the rain and it was, I mean, it was about 40 degrees, but it felt like it was 37. So that it was cold. It felt like it was, it felt like it was three degrees colder than it really was. It felt, (laughs) it was 40, but it felt like 37. Um, (laughs) and when you're in a singlet, there's a big difference between 40 and 37. I thought it was amazing from the pictures, you know, on social media, it seemed like arm sleeves were de rigor that day. Everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Huge. They were, they were a lifesaver. And really, I think, 
um, we, my friend Ann and I, we went back and forth. Should we, uh, cause I said, I'm, I'm wearing gloves, uh, just in case. Cause there's nothing, I'm never more miserable than when my mm-hmm. hands are cold. Yep. So yes, yep. they'll probably get wet, but if I can wear a pretty decent pair of gloves and I wound up taking, I didn't know if there were my oldest sons or my husband's. I'm like, I'm going to take these gloves because if I have to throw them away, then they're, <laughs> they're not, not my mine. gloves. They're somebody else's gloves. So, and, I'll, and I'll blame it on them. Right, when right. come to look I don't know. I don't know where your gloves are. I don't know. Why would you I know? Like, how are you always losing your gloves? So I brought them and they were a miracle worker because one of the girls I had been on the bus with, who was also, she was in a singlet. She was in arm sleeves. I ran with her for maybe two miles. And, uh, she said, listen, I just stopped to go to, I just stopped to go to the bathroom and I didn't know how to use my hands. I couldn't, I couldn't use my hands. I, I had to tell tell my fingers what to do. I, I lost all the feeling in my hands. So, um, that seemed to be the consensus at the at the end, anybody I spoke with who hadn't had gloves on or who had only worn throwaway gloves, they had real problems with their hands. So gloves wow. and uh, arm sleeves were, were clutch. Wow. Wow. Well, so, um, so you get off the bus and you mm-hmm. started, I mean, the good news, and I know that it's, there's never the perfect weather, right? Cause no. you know, Sarah's running when it's crazy hot, you ran it when it's crazy cold, but you started at 1115. I mean, the thing that, um, that I was guessing about the Boston Marathon is that a little bit later start. And I'm just like, I just do not. That's a tough time to mm-hmm. run. Yeah, both, it is. Both, you know, just metabolically for me or physiologically, but also then, you know, you're out when the sun comes out at one and two in the highest, hottest part of the day. So that obviously wasn't a factor. So not an issue. I mean, <laughs> did, did you run the whole, I mean, did it rain the whole time? It did, did not. It... it stopped a little bit. Um, I, here's the thing. I don't mind the rain at all. The only thing I was worried about really were my feet, that they were going to get wet and move around. Um, but it rained hev- heavy at the start. Uh, and I think there was probably a period mm, of maybe two miles where it didn't rain. But I didn't even notice that it had stopped raining and sure. until it started raining again. I'm like, oh, hey, oh, I guess we, we had gotta, a break. <laughs> we had a break. Who knew? Um yeah. So it wasn't, and I mean, the 11 o'clock start I got out or 11 15, I really, I think I, I crossed the line to start at 11 20, but I woke up at three o'clock, you know, like wow. I was like, I've been up for a full day. I've been up for a day, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, so, so you cross the line at 11 20 and tell us kind of give us a little blow by blow of, I mean, you know, for not every mile, we don't need a 26 mile recap, sure. but I mean, so you, it looked like you started, Super conservatively based on your half yes. marathon split, which I was yes. super proud of you for in sight because I knew then that you would have a good race. So it was kind really of what was your strategy going to do? Yeah, that it is. Isn't it? Yeah. So, so the girl who uh, had to speak to her hands in the bathroom, she <laughs> had to told me, she's, she's like, listen, you should try, you should start this course just a little bit slower than you intend to run. She's from Boston. Clearly. I know your your accent slaying right. me. I love it. I was like, oh my god, I'm in the park going hunting. I like, talk to me, talk to me. Um, where's where's Matt Damon? How do you like them apples? I like them apples. Do you like apples? Yes. Yeah, so um, she's like, you gotta start slower. If you were gonna start at at a ten minute mile, start. Start at 10.30. Just do it. So I'm like, all right, all right. But even as we walked to the start line, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I took two Imodium, but I still think I have the nervous poops. Uh, so I quickly went into the bathroom one more time. And uh, sorry again, Alex. 
Like I gave birth to my tampon. I'm like, oh my God, it's not poop, I'm hemorrhaging. I can't have this ruin my race. So that messed me up with my tampon. I think that's one of the, perhaps the best line ever on this podcast. I apologize. TMI Tuesday. Yeah, I'm like, oh, so this is how it's going to be, God? Like, I I felt like, you know, really? This is how it's going to be. It's raining. It's day two. I just give him birth to my to my tampon in the porta potty as I'm walking to the Boston Marathon. Please. So I felt like in Caddyshack, you know, when the bishop yells up like rat farts at the sky when the, yes. the thunder and the lightning, and the lightning is coming down. That was me. I stepped out of the porta pot, porta potty, and I'm like rat farts. So, um, and I had taken in a leave. Like, I mean, I just, I, I, so, so I was just crossing my fingers. Wait, that, wait, wait. I have to ask, did you have a backup tampon? Like, no, that was my backup tampon. Oh, yes. shoot. So I'm like, great. Now I'm going to have to ask a random girl at Wellesley, like, I'll give you a kiss if you give me a tampon, you know, <laughs> like we just prayed. Um, so, uh, so I didn't have a backup. That was my backup. So, so it was part of the reason why when I got to the start, I, I put my music in cause I was a little stressed, like, mm. all right, yeah, it's raining. That kind of stinks, whatever. Um, I wish it could have held off, but, but I was a little bit worried about my, my, uh, my womanly issues. Um, but the good yeah. news is that you had black bottoms on and it was raining, right? So right. it's not, so that's the best case scenario. If you're not right. going to, if you're going to not have, uh, yes. you know, a Protection. plug in. Yeah. Oh, back. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, um, that, and it starts, it's definitely downhill. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And people just went flying by me and they were, and I, I had on I I had on a throwaway shirt and pants and then I put a giant contractor's bag on top of me. So it was all the way down to my feet. And so when we were lined up in the corral, I took it off and handed it to somebody so they could pass it over and on the other side of the gate. Everybody around me still had their trash bags on. I was like, people, are you going to lose the bags or what? Like, we're going to run a marathon here. (laughs) People wore, a lot of people had like their gray, rocky sweatpants on. Their throwaway sweatpants they ran the whole marathon in. Oh, my they goodness. They had trash bag. Yeah, trash bags on the entire race. Oh, um, I'm so, sweating could, just hearing about it. Yeah, and you could hear them like, so that was that was, that was was funny. But um, so lost the trash bag, tossed my throwaway clothes, put my music in, and just um, crossed my fingers that I wasn't going to have any issues with, with, my, with my uterus. And... Um, tried to be very, very slow. So uh, at one point I looked at my watch and I was like at a nine, 10 pace. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Got to start conservative. Yes, exactly. Start conservative, go for a 1030. So I brought myself back to like a 1030 pace. And it was, I will say it wasn't too, too hard because there were so many people there it reminded me of uh, the Broad Street that we ha- Broad Street run that we have here in Philadelphia is a ten miler, and it's so crowded that you're hitting other people's elbows and feet almost the entire ten miles, um, and it felt like that for the first ten miles. It was that tight. It's also because it's very narrow. The- very narrow, mm-hmm. very narrow. But there were fans, there were spectators cheering us on the entire way, which yes. I thought was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think when I got to like ten or eleven miles, I wasn't the music wasn't doing anything for me. I didn't feel connected to the, to the people. Like I felt like 
this stinks, man. Like, this is not fun. And, and I could already feel my quads by like eight miles. I was like, Oh, all right. Okay. then. <laughs> yeah. You want to uh, join the party today too? Okay. Glad you're here. Yeah. All right, cool. It's just another thing. So I yanked out my earbuds and I started, um, talking to anyone, anybody <laughs> who would have me. Um, and I wound up actually running with, with an older guy. I know his first name is Doug and I wrote whatever his last name is. I, I feel like it's, I don't want to say Smith, but, um, I ran with him and his wife and it was his 42nd Boston. Oh my goodness. And yes. His wife, Nancy was so proud of him. She's like, this is his 42nd Boston. And, and everybody kept yelling at her like, go Nancy. Cause she had Nancy on her shirt and he's like, she's getting all the attention. They're making a fuss over her, but I'm the one who's been here so long. So it was just like, that felt like that's when it became, um, just magical from then on. It was, it was amazing. So, you know, I talked to a couple other people. Um, my son, my girlfriends, four of my girlfriends came up, uh, they took Amtrak on Sunday and spent the night in a hotel. So they tried to see me at mile six and I don't know if you've watched the news, but did you see um, the gentleman who has muscular dystrophy that uh, I think Michael Malamed or Malamed did it? Did I, you guys see him? I saw I've seen it on Facebook. I, I will confess I haven't had a chance to watch it. Tell us about it. Amazing. Amazing. So he has muscular dystrophy. So I passed him at mile six and there were maybe five or six people. He was walking um, and struggling to walk. Uh, and there were five or six people around him, who I think are part of his ch maybe charity. Um, I'll have to double check that. I shouldn't even say it cause I don't know for sure, but part of part his team foundation. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they all had umbrellas and they were trying to shield him from the rain and the wind and he was walking. And so I yelled back like, great job, keep it up. And I clapped and there was a camera crew in front of him. It, he happened to be right in between me and my friends. So they didn't see me. They were like, oh. wow, look at that guy walking. And you know, that's so amazing. And so, um, so they wound up then hopping on a train and, uh, I wound up seeing them between mile 14 and 15. And I had sent them a text like, my hair's so long now that I can actually wear a hat with a ponytail. So look for this hat that I'm going to wear this baseball cap. Well, none of them got the text. Oh, so they, yeah, they expected to see me just with my hair wet and flopping. And so I saw one of them on the right side of the road. And that's the, I mean, I think my husband changed his profile picture. Yeah. The, the, the picture was all over Facebook. Um, at least my, the, uh, with my friends. So I had raised both my arms up and I was screaming like, yeah. Yeah. That was a great picture. Skylar, your good friend uh, yeah. and our Ragnar teammate texted it to us. Yes. Yes. So, so my friend caught that picture of me, but she didn't know it was me. She goes, I was so excited to see a stony foiled person. And I was asked, like, have you seen Bethany? And I go, what, what do you mean? Did, I didn't look like me. Did I look fat? And she's like, no, no, you looked so skinny and your hair was so long. I, yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> Cue so, the Bo Derek music. You know? Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so I saw her jumped up and down. We hugged, jumped, jumped, jumped. And then she takes my hand. She gets on the course. She goes, let me show you where everybody else is. She points to our other friends. I do a jig in the middle 
of the course on the Boston Marathon. People are running by me and I'm kicking my legs out and jigging to show my friends that I'm so happy to see them. So, so my friend that I had hugged, she's in film and she stands on the course. She stays on the course, pushes me to my friends on the other side of the course and gets a picture of us again. Cause she had to have just the right cinematography there. But, um, uh, so I saw them and I was so, so happy. So for the next mile and a half, I was like, I mean, I just did a jig. I was <laughs> jumping up and down. Like I'm like 16 miles in. I mean, I got this. I got this. So by the time I got to the 17th mile, I was like, I can't believe I did the jig. I can't believe I was jumping. I have nothing left in my legs. I have no one to talk to. Like, I mean, it was like, hot. you know, I mean, Highs, it just, lows. Just, yeah. yeah. Everything in between. Yeah. Well, where, yeah. where is, where is Heartbreak Hill? It's around there, isn't it? 21. 20. So, yeah, so the, the, but, but at 17, that's when it starts. That's when you turn at the Newton fire station. Mm -hmm. And I actually, I looked at my pictures online last night and (laughs) you could see me like smiling with arms raised. And then all of a sudden (laughs) it's like, I got hit by a brick. (laughs) Um, The look on my face, you can see that's where I turned into Newton because that's the hills there. You know, it's like three or four miles of hills basically. Um, Hey, hey, hold on one second. You've already passed Wellesley, though, back at mile 13. So, oh. so did you kiss a Wellesley student or I no? Two girls. Two girls. I, like, jumped up to them, wrapped my arms around them, hugged them, kissed them. Um, did, so, you get, so did you snag a tampon from one of them? I didn't. I didn't. At that point, I was like, oh, this is fabulous. I was still, like, it was. I was Gosh. pre-jig. You know what I mean? I felt you, great. You were just flying. You were just flying. Was both both with face. your feet and in your mind. Which that's is how awesome. you break. Yeah. It. That's how you break up the race. Pre-jig, post-jig. Pre-jig, post-jig. Exactly. And and actually, I was breaking it up by um, by goose as well. I brought seven goose. So and my plan was to take one every thirty minutes. And then I'm like, oh, like look at this. I only have five goose left. Oh, look, I'm down to three goose. And that really, really helped. Um, but yeah, so heartbreak was at 20, is like between 20 and 21. And I'm looking at the course map in front of me. And um, I, I had met a guy who had said during the race, and he's like, there's a little downhill right before you hit the hills in Newton. And you're your impulse is going to be to, to run downhill and to get some momentum. If you hold yourself back, you'll be happy. And by the time you finish heartbreak, you'll be like, Oh really? Like that was it. That was heartbreak. And he said, but mile 17 is going to be really tough. Just, I want to warn you. And he was absolutely right. Absolutely right. And so I did hold myself back a little bit on that downhill. Mile 17 was tough. So wait, is 17 that downhill that he was talking about? 17 is right after the downhill. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you've just gone downhill, and you're like, oh, yay, we." Yeah, when and you're going from sudden, Wellesley down into Newton. Yes, and mm-hmm. then you, you see you got these hills in Newton, and you're like, all righty then, okay. And it, the just the quads are just, it's like someone's just taking, like, a knife to them repeatedly. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sledgehammer, yeah. Yes, because at that, the, and the hills really aren't that bad. It's just where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so heartbreak again, the, the heartbreak hill that we have here, the hills that I train on here in Philadelphia are harder than heartbreak, but I 
I don't run them after already having run 19 miles. Right. That's, that's <laughs> right. what makes Boston such a hard course, I would say, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Because, yeah, exactly. Because it would be if you had done your longest run and then gone out and run some of those hills that you wrote about in your blog post. I mean, right. yes, yes. And, th- and there's three consecutive ones. Yes. And, yes. So. And Heartbreak's the last and it's the biggest. It's the longest. Mm-hmm. And the, the it's not that the grade is so bad, but um, it's just that it's there, you know, and, and you have to climb it to get to, to the 21st mile. So um, my coach had texted me the night before and he said, heartbreak. Um, he said, after heartbreak, it's just a five mile jog. Like it's just a five mile jog. So once I hit 21 and, and I will say like heartbreak, everybody around me was walking and mm-hmm. I really wanted not to walk at all. Um, and I went and I didn't walk ever. So, uh, when people were walking on heartbreak, I was like, come on. Like I was willing everybody around me to run, like, come on, this is heartbreak. We can run up heartbreak. And one woman, we sort of saddled up next to each other and we were running up it together. And, um, halfway, halfway through, she's like, just go, go, good luck. And she stopped and she started walking, but I just kept running and I was just trying to, you know, just power through and, and, um, I don't know. That's awesome, Bethany. I got to say like, just, just, you know, just a little break. I mean, this whole thing is awesome, but you know, the fact that you had the strength to get up that hill when everyone else didn't want to do it or or couldn't find it or whatever, didn't possess it. I mean, that's, that's huge. And I love that you wanted to will everyone around you to come. I mean, you know, that's, that's that's great. I mean, that's just, that speaks volumes about your training and also about your personality. And I give you massive kudos for that because that's a tough thing to tackle you know, 20 miles in, you know, it was, yeah, it was, but, and I, but I knew it was coming. Like, you know what I mean? I knew it was coming and, uh, it was, um, it was, it was hard. It was humbling, no doubt. And then when I hit 21, I'm like, okay, it's just a five mile jog. It's a five mile jog. And I chanted that to myself until I got to 22. And when I got to 22, that's when I think, like, I would say I was marathon drunk. Like I started thinking, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I think there's probably something wrong with me, but I hope that nobody else thinks that there's something wrong with me because then they're going to pull me. Like, I was like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. But I'm, I I, I hope, am I still going straight? I'm still going straight. Right. Do I look okay? Like, am I strong? And so I was chanting like at 22, I'm like, I can do, I knew I had like 40 minutes left. I can do anything for 40 minutes. I can do anything for 40 minutes. I can do anything for 40 minutes. I can do anything for 40 minutes the entire mile. And then when I got to 23, I can do anything for 30 minutes. I can do anything for 30 minutes. I can do anything for 30 minutes. Like that, that was the only thing for each of those last 4.2 miles just chanting, like, I can do anything for this amount of time. I can do anything because I mean, I wanted desperately to stop and walk at 25 and at 26. I wanted desperately to stop and walk, but um, I, I can so relate to you. Cause I, when I ran Boston, it was the year that of excruciating heat, it got up to close to oh. 90 degrees and the exact same thing from 22 to 26. It's like just this mile, just have to run this mile after we'll reevaluate after this mile. And each time you just push that mental reset button and just yes. be in the mile you're in and just, just, you know, deal with that one. What, what come, what may. That's yeah. absolutely right. And it's funny. Cause I, when I flew home last night, um, I, I sat next to a fellow Mar- Boston marathon 
finisher. I know this because we both had our jackets on. Nice, of course. <laughs> that was the clue that gave it away. Right, right, right. So um, he was, his name was Ken. He's 68. He was amazing. And um, he, he was better than my book. I'm reading The Girl on the Train and I was dying <laughs> to get back to my book. And I was like, Ken, you're even more interesting than my book. Um, but he, I, I told him that because he hadn't worn gloves. He, he uh, said he wore um I don't know if he said he wore arm sleeves, but he didn't wear gloves. And he said that he was having a hard time getting his goose out. He said his, his race was really tough because he couldn't unzip his, his spy belt or his fanny pack or whatever to get to his goose. So he would run over to a spectator and oh ask them to open it for him and then ask them to open his goo. Oh gosh. And yeah, he said, my nutrition was not good during the race because I couldn't use my hands. They were, they were so cold. I, I had no control. Um, so um, I don't remember what the point was about that. Something about, Damn. Oh, but breaking it down. I told him, I said, breaking it down for me into goo by goo by goo, like, Oh, okay. Look, uh, mm-hmm. in, in 12 more minutes, I get to have another go. And then I'm down a go, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, in six more minutes, I'll get to have another go. And then when I'm finished all seven goos, I I'll be close to being finished the race that helped me so much. So when I told him that, he said that reminds me of, I don't know who said it, but you know, somebody said, you know, oh, you ran a marathon, you ran 26 miles in a row. And the person said, no, I ran one mile 26 times. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's one other really cool thing too, that I have to tell you before I forget, because I felt like this was <sighs> so important for my training and I would recommend it to anybody who sweats the way that I do. Um, so the, the day before I did that 16 miler, the one that the day that I did the seven miler, um, my coach Dante had set us up to do a sweat test. Did you ever, have you ever done a sweat test? Um, I, I, yeah. yeah. So that worked great for me just to plan for my hydration. So we both, um, he's like, okay, so we're going to weigh ourselves. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'll break my own scale. Um, and then we're going to run for an hour and then we're going to weigh ourselves again and we're going to see what we lost and we'll come up with hydration plans for ourselves for the marathon. So it was cold. Did you you weigh yourself naked? No, I weighed myself when I pulled up to run in the clothes that I was going to be running in. So like even in my sneakers, um, my husband, my husband weighs himself naked. Uh, so, but anyway, so, so I weighed myself, we both ran, it was like 40 degrees, really, really windy. Um, came back, weighed myself again and I had lost 42 ounces and he did the same thing. And, and my coach had lost 20 ounces. Um, wait, wait, but wasn't your sweat then just in your clothes? I was in a tank top. Oh, so, cause it would seem to me that you would have, it wouldn't be in your body anymore, but it would be trapped by your clothes. So it's yeah. still wait. I mean, maybe that, I say that living in a human, you know, place sure. that it doesn't evaporate, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, you really should do it naked. Um, the key I, to that is not, is not drinking on that run, right? You cannot correct. drink anything. Yeah. So that's, if you are going to do this weigh yourself pre and post, but you don't get to drink anything on that hour run. So you figure out exactly how much you lose during an hour on a exactly. typical Yes. Well, and you hit, you hit the conditions exactly right. You know? I did. I did. Minus the rain. I did. Yeah. So it was, it was windy and it was like 40 and, um, and I ran in a tank top so that I wouldn't be too overheated. And still I lost like a, a ton and I know I'm a sweater. 
and I, I'm prone to dehydration. Um, I've, I, when I was running with two of my kids, when I was nursing them at different times, I lost my milk, uh, just after running through the summer. So, so I knew that the hydration was going to be a big deal for me. So that's when we agreed that I would carry my handheld, uh, which I felt like that made all the difference for me because I knew like, okay, I need to make sure that I drink at least this every hour. Like I need to refill it every hour. So I would just go up to the folks, the the amazing volunteers who were there in all that rain and all that wind and all that cold, um, and thank them so much for, for being there and ask them, could you please just pour a couple Gatorades and a couple waters in? So I was able to stay hydrated the whole time. I had no problems with dehydration. I had no problems then with, with my, um, uterus. I had (laughs) no problems with my gut whatsoever. Like I feel like nutritionally it was exactly what I needed it to be. You nailed Um, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really lucky. Really lucky. Yeah. Well, no, you're not. You're, you're smart. Like, and then this is, this is what I say. You know, when I say I was lucky, then I was like, no, you worked and you did. And you made the plan. The thing is you prepared, you knew you had seven goos on you. People are like, when I brought seven for the Nike women's and I laid that out, people were like, what are you doing? You know, like having a smorgasbord. I'm like, no, I'm going to fuel for the whole race. And you knew exactly how much water you needed and you practiced it. And that's, I mean, that is such an important thing that I think that gets overlooked so quickly when you just think about your splits and your legs and how fast you're moving when in fact it makes a huge difference. It does. It does. Yeah. Especially when I was marathon drunk, like I was thinking, (laughs) does this mean that I didn't like, did I, should I be having something else? And uh, there was, there was a guy walking by maybe at mile 24 eating a piece of pizza. And I just looked at him (laughs) and I go, I go, that is so wrong. And and he started running after me and he goes, do you want to bite? Do you want to bite your house? And that so encapsulates what Boston was that day. I mean, the, the crowds were absolutely, they're just a part of the race. They mm-hmm. make it like the race that it is. They just, they had been out there for so long and they were cheering and cheering. And, and I know that wherever my, wherever I placed my name on my bib wasn't a good place because, um, either that, or I didn't look like somebody, anybody wanted to cheer for because not very many people called my name, but every now and then they'd be like, go yogurt. I love Stonyfield. Um, so yeah, they were, they were just amazing, but yeah, just to, to get like offered the pizza and, um, and I thought I was like, maybe I will take a bite of pizza. Like maybe, maybe I need pizza right now. Maybe that's what's going to fuel me. Yeah. But I'm glad I didn't. And, and so it wound up being great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And, and I have to ask, how about that approach on Boylston street? I mean, pretty freaking incredible, right? Amazing. Amazing. And like, then I was, I was thinking about everybody and what they went through with the bombings. You know what I mean? Like I thought Mm -hmm. like, God, it was just right here. And, and, um, it was just like, just an amazing human moment. Just, Mm -hmm. I, I just felt so, so proud to be there and so humbled and, and, and lucky and loved. So Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Of course I'm crying. Yeah. Yeah. But like, thank you both so much. I, I feel like I owe Stonyfield, like I need to write everybody a handwritten note thanking them because it it was just the experience and opportunity of a lifetime. Amazing. 
Well, and well, you, 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 you made the most of it too. I mean, exactly. you, yeah, you've really carried the mother runner tribe with you. So, so your, your feet are hurting from the blisters, right? Cause that's the, the only other marathon I've run is, is New York. And that was also in the sopping rain. And I remember mm-hmm. feeling, having just raisins for feet after, and then just, yeah, I got a couple of blisters that I wasn't expecting. Is that, is that why you think you got them? Yes, without a doubt. Um, and I thought actually that I had lost a toenail at the bottom of heartbreak. And, and I said out loud, I go, oh, are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> kidding me? And then I swore that I felt it go under and that it was poking me. Oh. Like I was like, oh, what? yeah. So no, it's just going to poke me all the way up the hill. Oh, oh all the way up the hill. Oh, this is um, great. This is great. Yes. Yeah, so my girlfriend, after the race, I was like, I'm just warning you, like I lost a toenail. And she's like, okay, I'm going to unlace your shoes. I'm going to take them off. I'm going to take your sock off. And so she took it off and there was tons of blood on my sock, but I still have my toenail. We were like, yes, yes, it's still there. So, um, so that was good. So they're tender. Like I'm wearing flip flops and I have special blister band-aids on the bottoms of my feet because the bottoms of my feet are like, like two to three times their normal size, you know, just, yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah. Wow. And so there were bleeding blisters. There were, there were blisters that bled. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I still have my toenails, so that's good. Um, and I did, I, when I, as soon as I crossed the finish line, I pulled my phone out cause I was going to call my husband just to say like, I did it. I did it. And, and as soon as I pulled the phone out and started dial his number, I started hysterically crying. And so it rang once and, and then it rang twice. And it rang three times and it went to his voicemail. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> this is totally our relationship. Yes. Like, I can't wait to connect with him. And look, wh- wh- where is he? He so, doesn't pick up. Yeah. He right? doesn't pick oh. up. So my girlfriends were dying of laughter. I told him, I go, where the hell was David Meyer? Like I called him <laughs> to like bond with him. So I could hear his voice and be like, oh, you did it. It was so hard. And he didn't pick up. Yeah. And the one said, oh my God, I think he was on Facebook updating his status with she finished. She finished. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been putting the updates up all day long. So, um, yes. So then yes. you had to uncurse him because he was totally. doing something nice. Oh, it was yeah. very sweet. Yeah. yeah. He kept everybody, um, a breast of what was going on. And, uh, yeah, so it was, and I will say, I mean, I was so overwhelmed, speechless, if that's possible for me, um, with the support from everybody on Facebook, I, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't even, I, I was like, wow, I just felt so just so loved, you know, Isn't it, it's amazing. It's almost like you're not even running your own race, right. In a good way. Like totally. you just feel like, Oh, they're all carrying me. Like I just gotta do the motions, you know, and maybe get up a couple hills, you know. That's what I felt like. I'm like, I got a job to do. Okay, all these people, that you know, they're expecting me to do a job, and they're relying on me, and I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do my job for for me, for them, for all of us, and and it helped. It yeah, it helped. It does. It does. Well, we are so proud of you. What? So we got to know what's next. <laughs> Just kidding. What? No, actually, believe it or not, my one girlfriend who um, did almost all my long training runs with me, Colleen, uh, she was up there with a couple of my other girlfriends t- to support me. And, and uh, so at the end, um, maybe like an hour, I was still marathon drunk. I think until like eight o'clock that night, I had that weird drunkenness. Like I had to repeat myself every now and then. Um, and so one of them, one of my girlfriends said like, okay, so you think you'll ever do it again? And I said, no, never again. And she said, shut your mouth. 
I'm signing up for a marathon right now and you're going to sign up with me. Like, oh. no, 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 we're doing it again. So, um, so I, whoop, I would definitely do another one. I would definitely do another one. Wow. I did have like that mental piece during where I was like, I don't even understand why anybody does this. Like <laughs> I've already done 10 miles and 13. Why, why does anybody run any farther than this? And then I had like a, a couple times where I was like, everybody should do this. I think everybody <laughs> needs to do this. Yeah. So I'm in that everybody needs to do it again. So I would, I would do it again. Okay. All right. Well, we'll catch you on that one. In the meantime, take yeah. care of yourself and, you know, look into a raised toilet seat and, um, yes. yeah. And, and, and padded footwear and, and all that right. good stuff. Yeah. And if anybody wants to come and see how nasty my feet are or listen to Patty, uh, who wrote the naked 5k, mm-hmm. um, anybody in the Philly area, sky is actually having a book signing at her store for, um, the tales from another mother runner. On uh, Tuesday is Tuesday the twenty eighth. May no, it's um, May it's May seventh, isn't it? No, no, no that, that's the Boulder Party, Sarah. Oh, right. oh okay. Yeah. yeah, so we're having another one here in Philly at Indigo Sky. She's at eighty four thirty two Germantown Avenue, which is in Philadelphia one nine one one eight. But that's seven to nine on April twenty eighth, which is next Tuesday night. So I will be there. She'll be selling books. We'll be signing books. We'll probably be, re- be reading and Patty who uh, of the famous naked 5k who Dimity keeps reading her hilarious essay. (laughs) She'll be there as well. With clothes on. She'll be wearing clothes. She'll She'll be wearing clothes. But she might have tips because she has done, you know, she, after she did the, I can't remember what it's called, but then she did the bouncing buns. The first one she did was jiggle, wiggle and giggle. 5k. Jiggle, wiggle and giggle. And then she did the bouncing buns and, um, and we've sent some prizes along. So, um, so there's a little mother runner swag waiting for some people. Um, so yeah, so Sarah will put a link to that, um, that in the information in the podcast because this is going up on Saturday, right, Sarah? Perfect. That's correct. Yes. Great. Good because we'd love to see everybody. That would be really fun. Great. Awesome. Well, great. Well, okay. thanks so much, Bethany. You really carried us along through those miles. Thanks so much for making it so vivid for us. Thank you a million times over, both of you. I love you guys. I appreciate it. Love you too. Love Bethany. you too. See ya. Bye bye. I mean, you know, full disclosure, I have birthed a tampon before. I've just never really thought of it never that way. Use, never I, use that term, which is just, we're going to have to start using, putting into hilarious. everyday conversation, make a trend and that, on and that. And marathon drunk. And marathon yes. drunk, that's another, those are two good words that I, I give her. Um, she is a wordsmith. So that that's lovely. Yes, yes. So awesome. Does it get you excited for next year, Sarah? It does. And her and just things that she talked about that I had forgotten about. And I had forgotten about particularly those kind of mile 22 to 24 and just counting them down and just just hanging on for each one of those miles and so and also I do feel a little bit like the weather gods you know that there wouldn't be two years in a row of really bad weather so. <laughs> yeah you never know yeah yeah so be prepared for anything do a couple sweat tests with in the hot in the cold mm-hmm. in the middle yes know. yes yes great all right well we would appreciate it greatly if you would like our page on facebook it's run like a mother the book our websites are anothermotherrunner.com and motherrunnerstore.com on instagram and twitter we are at the mother runner our books are run like a mother train like a mother and tales from another mother runner they're all available on amazon as well as hopefully at your local bookstores and uh whether you're training for a marathon or just off of one like bethany many happy miles to you